Support for a podcast with GOAT is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision tools for your family jewels, and there ain't nothing more important than that. Big news. Ring the alarm. Manscaped just launched in Canada. This is where 98% of you live. I look at the stats. For those listeners in Canada, aka the people listening right now, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience life-changing products. Listen, I'm a trimmer. I'm a groomer. I take care of myself. You don't know how many countless times I've hit a neck. Next thing you know, there's a fountain. It doesn't stop. There's blood everywhere. It looks like a crime scene by the time I'm finished, okay? He's, he's singing like Mariah at the end of it. Exactly. And then you think, oh my God, I cut myself aftershave. Eh, wrong idea. You don't want to do that. But with Manscaped, you can. That's why Manscaped has the redesigned electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineered team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Period. I know I'm reading that, but I'm saying period ever they have the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 we're done with the 2.0 it's still on the website it's okay but the 3.0 is where it's at it's their third generation trimmer and it features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents that is the key part in this situation there will be zero accidents it has skin safe technology when i tell you this is premium i mean premium the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can shave for however long you want and however hairy you are what more do you want <laughs> the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower one of the coolest features is the led light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming they've also upgraded to a 7000 7 thousand rpm motor with quiet stroke technology and let's not forget about the charging stand oh don't forget about the charging don't you stand. forget about it show your mower off loud and proud because it's intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by usb if you are listening to me speak right now right now right now right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself trim that junk of yours get 20 percent off free plus free shipping with plus code free shipping. apwg all capitals at manscaped.com your balls will thank you it says it on the shirt and if they say it on the shirt that means they mean it your balls will thank you thank you to manscaped for supporting the boys go buy the product again get 20 percent off and free shipping with code apwg all capitals at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code APWG. All caps. It's time to shave those balls, isn't it? Welcome to another episode of a podcast with GOAT. We have a very special guest. Probably the best dancer Fort Erie has ever seen. <laughs> Former Toronto Argos cheerleader. And director of operations at the Underground Dance Center, Kylie Sertel. <laughs> Hi, guys. That was a lot. <laughs> you guys really talked me up there. I know. That's that's the point. We want to hype. We want to hype you up. We're proud of you, and we want we want everyone to be too. Um, we should maybe give a bit of background on how we met. I've known Kylie probably my whole life. Yeah. Like JK on OLV days, right? Yeah, like forever which is kind of crazy. Like, I, 
I remember Kylie and Mariah in grade eight. I, Christina might have been there too, now that I think about it. They came to my house swimming and helped me study for a test because I was 100% going to bomb it. <laughs> you still did. I 100% did. And, yeah. and Marnie and Brian bought us pizza and wings as a thank you to the girls <laughs> because they knew I was going to just absolutely just fail. But I can't um, imagine. I'm mm -hmm. trying to help you study. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. Um, Kylie, we're going to jump kind of right into it. So you you start out at Peacock School of Dance, which is at the time one of two dance schools in Fort Erie. Was there a reason you went there and not one of the other school? Like, did you have? Well, I guess your sister probably would have been there first, right? Exactly. Yeah. So my mom just kind of put us in dance as soon as we were able to. Yeah. Um, we were like three years old. So my mom put my sister in dance, and she loved it right away. So she just automatically put me in it at the age of three or two, something. <laughs> been there like super young oh yeah <laughs> pretty much as, like, like as soon as you can walk yeah, yeah. i uh, mean so. yeah it's supposed to be good for like little kids um in terms of like developmental patterns and like motor learning skills so a lot of people put their kids in dance really young just for that and then i wish i would have done it i think i was i think i was in soccer at four yeah i know but like think she just said soccer's yeah, that, got nothing to do with development <laughs> no patterns. how do you know what oh, are you maybe, a scientist maybe <laughs> bro science maybe um so some people at peacock might take like a class or two but like i'm pretty sure you guys were there like every night like i remember like in school you guys were busy doing dance or or dancing every night so like at what point was it just like dance is everything like was that like at three or four two or did it happen later Oh god i mean i have a terrible memory so i can't even remember being three or four <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think I just knew, like, I loved it. I had a passion for it, like, yeah, just yeah. at a young age. And it was, like, clear to my teachers and clear to my parents. I was always just, like, dancing around. Um, but I think when I got a little bit older, I just found that everything, instead of, like, doing homework, I wanted to listen to music and dance. Instead of, like, going, playing with my friends, like, on my own time in my room, I just wanted to dance. So I think that's when, like... So yeah, we just, I kind of took it more seriously and like realized it could be something more than just like a recreational activity. So you figured that out like super young. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I didn't know for sure I wanted to do it as a career, but I knew that like it was a sign when I had like a test or something and I would put like headphones in and listen to music. Like my mind would just be like thinking of choreography or like wanting to dance instead of doing the tasks that I should have been doing for sure. Wow. Crazy. Because like to me, so for the outsider looking in on this and and knowing you growing up, like you you always had like top of the top of the class grades. You seemed like super organized as Maz and I were kind of were saying before, like with your yeah, boards behind you. Background. Yeah. Um so I would have never like I would have thought like you would have focused on school. I wouldn't have realized that you were always thinking dance, but it totally makes sense. Like I I one hundred percent get it. I mean, like, I didn't really know it was a career possibility until I was definitely, like, in high school looking for schools. I mean, my parents were always supportive of me no matter what. Like, they wanted me to love what I was doing. Um, but they also knew that, like, struggling with money as an adult is, like, a hard life. So they wanted me – they did push me to try to take more science classes and um, made me look at schools for, like, other programs. But at the end of the day, like – 
they knew, I think they kind of knew that I wanted to be in dance or to do something with dance for sure. Okay, good. We're going to get more into that later, but I got a, another Peacock question. Yeah. Sure, as you're going through Peacock and as you're starting maybe to get to the end, like obviously you're going to like, you move on to do different things. There's probably comes a point where you're good enough and they can tell you're passionate about it, where maybe they ask you to start helping out with the younger classes. Do you, was it during those times where you realized, I think this is something I want to do, like, like teach and obviously dance was something you wanted to do, but the teaching aspect of it. Honestly, I don't think so. Like, I, I wish I did because now that I'm a teacher, like, I wish I paid more attention to how my teachers taught at the time, you know, like it was just something, um, to get volunteer hours or like the any free time I had, it's just an excuse kind of to spend at the studio so I'd help out my teachers. Um, and I guess it was just a way to also like keep up with my training. Because um, right. assisting someone teaching, you're, you're usually doing the movement um, with them. So I kind of wish now that I am teaching a lot, I wish that I took notes, not notes, but like really listened to what my teachers were saying so that I had a better understanding rather than now going back and trying to do my homework on it. Right. Um, we had Sarah Johnson on like the first season of the podcast almost a year ago now. And she kind of talked about Helen Peacock and like the impact she had on her life. Mm -hmm. Do you think it would go for like all the girls that were there? Like, was she just that special and that sort of woman? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for That's sure. I mean, I feel like she had a special relationship with everyone there kind of thing. Like she made you feel special. She, um, took time to get to know all of her students um, and really give you like personalized corrections. And it was more than just like a dance teacher relationship. It was really like a mentor in life, I would say. Um, which is why, yeah, it, it, she, like her passing was like such a big deal to everyone around her, the whole community. Yeah. And I mean, you can tell because I mean, she's still talked about, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I, I mean, um, like Sarah shared one of her experiences. Like I think her, her mom and her grandma still go to Peacock recitals. Yeah. And like they don't have anything to do there anymore, but that's just something they do. So, I mean, I mean, it really speaks to the school and who she was as a person. So that's in incredible. Yeah. Have you gone back? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think, I think last year was the first year that I wasn't able to go to a recital and it tore me apart. I think I was away. Like, I think I went, on vacation during that time okay. and I was, it was I knew recital weekend is always certain dates and then the trip just happened to be booked and it was just yeah it was sad but um obviously this year with everything that's going on there was no recital but I hope to come back every year kind of thing it's just nice especially still being in that field like you can appreciate what your teachers my teachers did so much more Kind of oh, it's like a reunion too. Like I'm sure a bunch of girls go back and I'm sure there's like a few drinks over at Chuck's after or wherever <laughs> you guys go. But Joe, what where else are you going for you? Like, Honestly. Oh, like we the other night we ended up at the place and then we went down to the garrison club. Like oh my god. It has been a while. You, have you been in there? Not recently, not in years. Oh. Man, you haven't missed a thing. They, they, they barely found a seat for us. Yeah. I need to come down and go. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you, you know, we're, you're leaving Peacock. 
you're, you kind of talked about it. You're, you're looking at different schools. What made you choose York? Like, was their dance program um, something that appealed to you? Was it somebody there? Like, how did you find York and how did that come about? Yeah, so um, kind of like I mentioned before, my parents were wanted me to stay open to the fact of going into school for something sciencey. Um, I also like loved anatomy. I took anatomy in high school and like fell in love with it. Um, and I always liked physio and like recreational therapy, that kind of stuff I was interested in. Um, so York actually, they have the BFA like dance program where I think Sarah talked about it on her podcast where they have um, different streams, which was cool. Like you can do dance education, choreography, performance, right. which is great because I knew like with my body, with my facility, like I wasn't able to be a professional dancer at all, or if I was not for very long. Um, so I wanted to make sure I was going to school where I could take that information and teach and use it in different aspects. Um, but York actually had a certificate. Um, it's called, it was a dance science certificate. So this is actually why I went to York because I knew that I was interested in maybe physio or recreational therapy and it'd be great if I could specialize for dancers. Um, so I went so I um, could get this specific dance science certificate. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, is there any other schools like it? Like no. So no other universities, no one else has like this specific dance science certificate which is why I decided like I didn't really apply to any other dance schools I really only applied to York yeah where did you get into um like you do have you have a physical audition it's still academic like you need certain grades um but it's like compared to let's say Ryerson is heavily like they have a pretty intense dance program I wouldn't say it's as hard as Ryerson because that's Ryerson's like very much for performers where York is very much like you can perform in choreograph or you can do like, you can be a teacher, you can do other things. More well-rounded in your career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you talked about, um, you know, your parents wanting to make sure that you were dialed in and you know what you were doing. Was there ever a time where you questioned it? And you kind of thought, like, maybe this, like, isn't possible and I'm crazy? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like, in university, like, people don't even know you can go to school for dance. Like, so yeah, a lot I wouldn't have thought you could either, honestly. Yeah. So, like, you'll meet people, like, oh, what's your major? And you're like, dance. And they're like, what? Like, you can get a university degree in dance. Like, what are you going to do? Like, it was very much like, I know I, they probably didn't mean it poorly, but it was kind of like a condescending, like, oh, my God, it makes me second guess. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I don't know. Um, but for me, like, I like learning. I've always liked school. So I just kind of wanted to follow what I loved and then see where it took me. And then I was like, I definitely thought I was going to go back to school, like, I thought I would go back either for physio or, or some kind of therapy, um, but just go with the flow at this point. <laughs> really. <laughs> okay, so so did York open doors for you? Like, did it did it um, did it at least give you like advantages in your career? Like, with so with being a funeral director, we, ours our our program is kind of competitive, so it's crazy that I even made it through it when you really think about it, but. <laughs> But it opened doors for us where, you know, it introduced us to certain people that would help us network to get jobs. Is it the same sort of thing at York? 
in a sense, yeah, for sure. I mean, the dance community is very small. Um, because I ended up more in the commercial dance world, York's connections weren't as relevant. York is very much like ballet modern based and it's not really like a commercial dance program. Um, so I did still make connections and like that's how I got my teaching job as a girl I knew from York. That's how I've gotten like guest choreography jobs from people I went to school with. Um, so yeah, they're still relevant, but I would say um, pushing myself to go like more downtown and like within the commercial industry, those connections kind of pulled through a little bit more for me. Yeah. What was it the feeling like when you got your first check for doing something through dance? Great. Like, just big job. Like, was it, was it like just an incredible feeling? Yeah, it was just one of those things. I mean, I, I actually was injured going into university. Um, oh. Yeah, I didn't like talk much about it or not many people knew, but I was injured to a point where I had to have surgery on my ankle within university. And that really like, for me, I didn't, because of that, I can't still really dance super full out or do things that I could before. So that really for me was like, I don't think I can be a dancer and I need to figure out other ways I can make income or make this a career. Um, so. Like, for example, when I got Argos, I was very injured when I, during Argos the whole time. But I knew it was something I wanted to do, so I kind of sucked it up and tried to make it work and tried to just, just take care of my body off the field. And um, that was, like, a big thing for me where I was like, wow, I actually can do it if, or can make it if I want to kind of thing. So let's talk a little bit about the Argos. How do you find out that they're hiring? How, like, what, and then what's the 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 process like because weren't you like voted in yeah um, <laughs> so, oh, um so yeah i actually wasn't even didn't even think of doing it it was my roommate at the time um was like hey i really want to do this the auditions this weekend do you want to come with me and i was like oh okay so i looked into it i was like that's cool like yeah sure i'll do it yeah so I did it. It was a, you had to go for an, in for like an audition. Um, only a certain amount of people made it through the audition. And then there was like a secondary audition that was live in a mall where people would come. Um, so that's when I found out I got, I didn't get directly on the team. They picked um, three girls. It was called like a wild card. Um, you had to, you had like I don't remember, it was like five years ago, so it was a long time ago, but I think it was like a week or something where you had to get as many people to vote for you and you had to do all this promo and all this stuff. Oh, remember, I voted. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, because I, like, I didn't really, it wasn't one of my big goals. Like, it was cool to do. I was yeah. a little bit discouraged when I found out, like, I was a wild card. I had to let everyone know that I was auditioning for this thing that I didn't even know if I really wanted. And like, I could very easily fail. Like it was one of those things I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I actually like want to do this, but like, I'm just the type of person that if I commit to something, I have to see it through. Um, so I tried to make the best of it and like <laughs> get everyone to vote. And I yeah, mean, yeah. luckily it worked out, but um I was yeah. going to say, when you got it, did you feel like it is a sort of accomplishment? Like, Yes and no. I think that it was, they actually changed the whole auditioning process the next year. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> they didn't have 
to go through that. Everything was like in private, online. They picked their team. Um, I think there was a lot of flaws with it because it was ultimately like, I don't want to say a popularity contest, but as many people as you knew, you got to vote. Um, and they judged you on like your appearance or like that small set you said. Like it wasn't really, I personally just didn't really like the fact that random people could vote. Because um, I think it was a little bit superficial and it wasn't just basically like I'm there because I want to dance. I'm not there for any other reason. And um, that was like one thing that I didn't love about that experience, to be completely honest. Okay. Yeah, Can we get into that a little more? Yeah, like, of course. We, we talked about it with Sarah a little and she told us about like body image and that sort of stuff. You hear, you hear like some horror stories with like the Washington football team about what was going on with their cheerleaders. They were like basically bringing them into meetings with um, like the marketing team to try to like persuade people to buy ads with the football team. Was was there any stuff like that that kind of happened? Like, were you, did you feel like you guys were kind of paraded around to do events like that? Was it like it must have be awkward? And yeah. there's creepy dudes out there like that's just the fact of the matter right I mean to be completely honest that is the reason why I didn't I did one season and I was like it's not for me like it hands down though I'm very thankful I got to experience it like I got a lot of connections a lot of jobs from it mm -hmm. but I like I said before like I'm there because I love to dance and perform and not because I want to stand in a small outfit and take pictures with people right. um like that part, that aspect of it, you you had to go to every single game, obviously in performat, but then you also had to do a certain amount of promos. Um, and it was like a lot, I think it was like 25 events you had to go to within the year and they paid you for it. But most of the time you are standing there, you're wearing your small costume <laughs> and you have to just stand there and take pictures with people. And like you said, there. I never had any like terrible experiences, but I'm sure some girls did a hundred percent. And it was just one of those things where like, I'm a person that I'm not comfortable. Like for me, if it's a performance and I'm dancing and it's a costume, that's fine because it's not my personality at all. It's a costume where, when I'm just standing there and like socializing with people wearing that, I, it, it just didn't, I was uncomfortable. Um, yeah. but I didn't really have a choice. It's kind of the exact yeah, and it was just like, to stand there and take photos with older men. It's just like, for me, that wasn't what I loved. I, that's not why I was there kind of thing. Yeah. yeah totally get it. Yeah, I don't blame Now, what was the schedule like? Because uh, years ago, as a kid, I remember they had like a documentary series falling around the Cowboys cheerleaders. I, and, and it's something you don't think about. I didn't realize how much work goes into it. So yeah. what was that like, like preparing for a game? Were you traveling with the team to away games too? No, we did. I think we did a couple away games. And then for like the Grey Cup, you traveled. Um, okay. But so for us, it was, we had two rehearsals a week. Um, I think they were like three hours each maybe. Um, okay. And you had to be at every game. So I think there's around 50 games, something like that, that you had to be at. And then, like I said, the 25 plus promos you had to do. Um, so it wasn't terrible. Like, I don't, I actually don't really keep up with football or even like cheerleaders. So I don't know 
what that Cowboys schedule would have been like. But I mean, it wasn't terrible. Like you could, I was in school full time. I was doing extracurriculars, had jobs and was doing Argo. So I was, I was still able to balance it all, but um, it's definitely not something that you just like can do on the side and not take it seriously. It's like, there's very much a time commitment for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I almost just couldn't even imagine like you're, I wouldn't like it either. Like just to stand there and take pictures of people wearing this. I just don't like talking to a lot of people. I don't know for extended yeah. period of time. <laughs> yeah. You like, what I mean? do you say after, yeah, like, after a minute? Hey, like, what's up? Like, like oh, it's so nice to meet you. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and like the commitments so, I'm some of them you were just like standing in the Eaton Center yeah yeah no it, I didn't love that part I mean there was a lot of cool things I got to do like be on breakfast television we actually were able to like dance at the MMBAs which was like my favorite experience as a dancer um and it, like I said it brought like the coach at the time was just starting her own event staffing company so she hired all of us to be a part of that. And I still do gigs with her like to this day. And it's been five years. Um, so that I love like the experiences and the connections I got out of it. But like I said before, like the promos and like the extra work you had to do on top was not my cup of tea. <laughs> oh, I totally understand that. Is it, applying for jobs, you kind of just mentioned it. Is it a lot of who you know? Like, where do you find these postings? How do you go about applying for it and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, usually it's who you know, unless you're represented by someone, like have an agency. Um, if you do have an agency, they're sending you auditions and you're usually on contract. So you have to go to a certain amount. Like you have to physically audition for so many things. But if you don't, it's really, it's hard. Yeah. It's not they're not posted out there it's it's very much word of mouth um so that's why i think it's like if you want to be a professional dancer at least in toronto um it's not it's very difficult like i applaud anyone who's like a full-time professional dancer because i could not survive <laughs> yeah and i'm sure like you, you know you'd be worried like you know in a time like this where there's no performances it's like uh what now yeah yeah, I know. How has, so you're at the uh, Underground Dance Center. How have you guys adapted during the new pandemic and all these different regulations and things? Yeah, so that was a lot. It was like any other business. You kind of have to, we had to sit down, reevaluate it, and pretty much rebuild a whole new business. So we completely, we, we're a drop-in dance studio for adults. So adults come in, drop in, take classes. Um but obviously with the pandemic, that wasn't a possibility. So we actually um, created like an online platform where we pre-recorded, we have over, we have over a thousand pre-recorded. Now we have over 400 on the platform. Um, wow. Netflix, yeah. So plug we, it. yeah, plug it. How do people get to it? Um, it's on demand.theundergrounddance.com. <laughs> the Underground Dance Center um, website. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Right now we're using like a third party um, program, but we're recently, we've been building our own um, platform, which is exciting. We're going to launch it, I think, September, November, in between then. Um, but yeah, it's very cool. It's very much like Netflix, just like all levels, all styles. You just get to pick your own schedule, pick when you want to, what class you want to take. 
Yes. Let us know when it does drop and we'll put it on our socials and kind of help you out. We don't give free ads unless <laughs> unless we know people. Yeah. <laughs> we just picked up Manscaped as a sponsor. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. Uh, no, but I don't know how we snuck through the screening process, but we did. Um, but no free ads unless we know people. That's that's the rule. Look out, look out for billboards in 40 Ray soon. I can't wait. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, it's crazy because they just gave it's like giving like a 10 year old cash now <laughs> so now I, it's just like oh what stupid things can we do with this money so it's gonna be a lot of fun that's amazing though yeah it is um what is one piece of advice you would give a young person that's at peacock school of dance on maybe something specific to focus on to do what you're doing now um honestly just to work like it sounds cliche but work your butt off um yeah. as many opportunities as you can make as many connections as you can um and that's really the best way you can do it um the i was like very very lucky in the way i got my job i started as a Worked hard. No, no, no. Don't say that. You worked hard. I started as a volunteer and then I worked my butt off and there was 50 other volunteers at the time, but I was there for two months and I fell into this managing position, which was crazy. Like it just wasn't something that usually happens. Um, so I just would say like, just work hard, show up, like be dedicated and be professional. Even if you're not there for a dance job if someone knows you're reliable and professional then they will count on you for other things and like other aspects yeah that's right that's great piece of <laughs> kylie that's all thank you so much for coming on the podcast and um you know we're excited to see what you're doing next we will definitely plug that dance platform. Maybe I'll even take a class. Yeah, I need to get well, that's what we should do. I need to get it. That's what we should do. We have this new series called Goat in the Wild where I do. Okay. All right. We, I will take a class and we'll film it and we'll put it up on the YouTube account. Cannot wait. Okay. Oh. Let us know when we're live. That's Begin a great idea. Beginner class. I don't think you do that. Okay, no problem. Very early beginner classes. I'm like, gonna look like the black swan by the end of it. Like two left feet classes. No, it can't. Got it. No, okay. no hamburger hands. <laughs> Try, I, know, I know some dance stuff. Oh. Don't worry. I have a good point. You do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seriously, thank you so much for coming on, Kylie. Yeah so much for thinking of me and having me. This is so much fun. <laughs> good, good. We're glad.